Welcome, everybody, to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills Podcast. My name is Nick Tibusek, and with me there is Don Rato Bosic. Hello. Good morning. Well, then, let's get it on <laughs> today. Um, the very interesting topic of how to choose an, uh, yeah, an assistance exercise. First of all, I think we have to say, maybe, maybe maybe we have to dive into what is an assistance exercise and what, what do we do it for? you want to go into that? Exactly, yeah. So um, together with our main work, uh, main work being all the specific lifts that you want to get better at. So for example, if you are a weighted calisthenics athlete and you compete in the four lifts system, Your main lifts would be muscle-ups, pull-ups, or chin-ups, dips, and squats. And um, it would be always a smart idea to, together with that training specifically for that, to have some assistance work um, also in your training program. Assistance work would be exercises which are uh, almost directly connected to the main work exercise itself and are most of the time tackling um, the exercise from different perspectives being uh, the health perspective, performance or hypertrophy, and also like uh, diving deeper into it by um, tackling weak links more or less. Um, I think it's also important that we kind of differentiate accessory and assistance work because I, I think way too often people use these two terms interchangeably when in fact they're not the same. Uh, there, there are subtle differences Like accessory work is a bit less specific to the main work, but it still aids it in a way. So you can view on a basic example, let's say you have a pull-up as main work. On accessory work, you would have something like Gironda sternum pull-ups. And for did I say accessory work or assistance work? It's an accessory. You you oh, meant I'm sorry, yes, I'm <laughs> good. Let's start from the front. So we have pull-ups as, as a main exercise. For assistance work, we have something like Gironda sternum pull-ups. And for accessory work, let's say we have a plain bicep curl. You know, like the bicep curl doesn't imitate the pull-up motion in any way, but it still kind of targets one of the working muscles during the pull-up and thus might potentially help you out uh once you progress on that. Absolutely. So That's the differentiation. I hope like that's clear now. Like Nick, let me know if I if I missed out on something. Uh, you completely said everything that we need. <laughs> that's good. So um, to 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 choose the right assistance for the right person for the right exercise at the right time with the right intensity, the right volume, and the right everything. This is an episode about exactly that topic. <laughs> So first of all, I like I like to start the whole topic usually with asking great questions. As I think most important here is we have to know where we want to go with the assistance exercise. So um, for us, it's it, most of the time it's it's a it's a very big it depends thing. As you can't say there's this one exercise that really benefits the a certain exercise it's not like when you do dips the best assistance exercise there is is the ring dip that's not true because it depends um there's there's just one rule that we have to keep in mind 
the best assistance exercise is the one that is most specific to what you do and most specific to the problem you want to tackle. And this can actually be um, like if you want to do a front lever, the assistance exercise could be front lever races or negatives, stuff like that. Or maybe a Gironda stand-on pull-up. And it depends on where you do have the issues in, in your movement. You know, we, we always have certain kind of weaknesses in something where we can get better at. And if we just tackle the weakness, we're gonna get stronger overall. This is the classic example of if there's a, a weak part in the chain, we make the weak part stronger, the whole chain is stronger because it can't break. But you have to keep in mind there will always be one part of the chain that is a little bit weaker than the rest. So there's always something to work on. Once you made something stronger, there will be something else that is now the weakest. So we got to keep that in mind. This is why we always need some assistance exercises um, yeah. in, in, a, in a training program. You will Most of the time, you will not see a training program that, which uniquely depends on main exercises. Yeah, um, I, I agree completely with you on that. And I think it's so important that people know, you know, like, there is no universal ultimate best exercise for something and that works equally the same for every individual. Just as you noted, like for the front lever, something like a front lever row or a Girona sternum pull up can both be assistance exercises depending on the individual and the situation that they're in. And having this in mind is um, really important because every exercise that you have in your program has to have a really good reason for being there. If you don't have a reason for having an exercise in your training program, then you're just probably wasting time and resources that you could otherwise spend on really focusing on having a smart approach with intention and with the goal of bettering yourself on main work. Um, so having a good reason is definitely the first step when it comes to when it comes to choosing assistance exercises and exercises in general. So we, we, when, we, when we want to choose the right assistance exercises, it's mostly about how can we develop um, an individual approach for that certain exercise, for that certain person. No matter what it is, um, what, what exercise we are talking about, now we're going to talk about what questions do we have to ask in order to choose the best exercise in the end. And... In the end, when you chose an exercise, we need to keep in mind, now it's a try and error thing. We have to try if this is the one that really works because all my thinking, all my logical thing here now has to get proven by the practical approach. So I, I gotta do the work. I can think about it all the time and thinking this must be the best thing ever when it doesn't work in, in reality, it is not the best thing. And that's a very important one here. <laughs> so we think of it, then we implement it, test it, and then we can say, okay, that works. And there's also a, a very important one right here as um, uh, like, like when you go in that, into that, 
it can also change over time. So that's also a very important one. It's not like, okay, this worked once, it will work forever. That's training is a, is, is, is a constant change. So we always have to reconsider what we already did. So it's, it's not like there's this one solution forever. So um, everybody who is telling you that is probably not very long in, in the game of getting strong. And that's, that's a very important one because th this, is, this, this approach that, that we are telling you right here is not coming from us. That's, that's a classic strength training approach. And everybody who's longer in that knows everything changes. When there's one thing that never changes, then there is the, the thing that everything changes constantly. <laughs> Super interesting. All right. So for us, it's always, first of all, we got to do the thinking. How do we choose um, assistance exercises for something? And we have to ask some, some questions. So the first of all is, okay, what's the issue we have in a certain exercise that we want to solve? And this can be pretty much everything. What do you think? What, what can it be? Like everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. But just as I mentioned it at the start, you can kind of view it from three different perspectives. I like you view it from this, like, what about health perspective and performance perspective and a hypertrophy perspective. Like you can ask yourself questions like, is this person having some issues with the main movement itself that's preventing him from actually or her from uh, actually executing the motion itself? You know, that could be a reason for implementing an exercise from a health standpoint. Or let's say a, a plain example, uh, a person has a certain disbalance in between legs and uh, he or she senses that one leg is stronger than the other and that is just driving more through, through one side than the other. Um, that might be a quote-unquote health reason to implement something like a Bulgarian split squat, let's say, and really drill that, that unilateral movement in order to even out the sides and have a nice symmetrical push when you come back to the squat. Then like performance reasons, um, of course, increasing performance on the main lifts is our primary goal and using something like an assistance exercise, it can be as well the Bulgarian split squat in this case as well, uh, to push the squat further ahead and to have some extra volume in there um, and to have a nice, tra nice transfer once you get back to two legs, another reason to do it. And of course, hypertrophy last but not least, um, if you need extra volume, extra work, and maybe working in higher rep ranges, if you focus yourself on the main work, you stay like in uh, one to five rep ranges, which in most cases aren't sufficient to build up enough volume for hypertrophy goals. You can always use uh, assistance exercises to just drill the movement more, especially in that metabolic stress uh, realm of things and uh, thus get a nice hypertrophy effect. And in all of these like scenarios, one exercise can make perfect sense. Like the Bulgarian split squat, you can see that in every scenario possible, the exercise can be implemented. It's just that it depends on the individual situation, why you implement it and what is, what is the reason for having it in the program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It can be one of those reasons or it can be all of them, you know. Exactly. Because um, when we when we ask the right questions, is it we have first to ask, okay, what is the issue? Is there maybe a stability thing? The Bulgarian split squad 
is definitely something that is a little bit more to stabilize than a classic squat. Is there a mobility yeah. thing? Then we can maybe fix that with the same exercise as well as you have to dri drive the knee a little bit more forward and just do a little more, less uh, of, a, of, a, of a, just just do a smaller step. Then you have to drive the knees a little bit more forward and you work on the mobility. Um, <laughs> because in the end, maybe I have to throw that in, working on mobility is most of the time making the body yeah like comfortable with a new part of the range of the motion as you're gonna be able to move in that range of motion and most of the time when you can't drive the knee more forward even in a in an area where you do it more like a flexible thing um if, if you can't go further then you probably just can't go further i mean you can't work on it you know When it's the end of a joint, it's the end of a joint. There is no way more to go further than breaking a bone. <laughs> please try, please try not to do that. Don't do this at home. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> so um, we, have, we have to check: is is there a stability issue? Is there a mobility issue? Okay, maybe it is a muscular weakness. Okay, then we have to work on that too. Maybe it's the glutes. And another time, it can be a good solution to use the Bulgarian split squat for working on a muscular weakness, which can be the glute, which can be the quads, which can be anything. It depends on how you um, now perform the exercise, um, which is something that we do most of the time with our clients using the exact same exercise, just in a different variation. And yeah. it can tackle another thing. And that's, that's important to know um, how you perform the exercises. But first of all, before we go there, we really have to know, okay, what do we want to tackle? What is the issue that we have to work on? Because it's, uh, maybe it's a stability, maybe it's a mobility issue, or can also be uh, a muscular weakness. And another thing could be a technical issue. Because sometimes you need another um, assistance exercise to tackle a technical issue. When 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 your your technique is not as good as it should be, of course, it makes absolutely sense to to, to just practice the movement itself. But sometimes, as maybe as an example, you wanna you wanna do understand a little bit better how to do a handstand push-up and the person just does just does not understand where to position the hip in a handstand push-up it may make sense to give the person a pike push-up to make the person understand where to position the hip in the lowest position and it's just for this small little detail in the lowest position because in, in the end of the, in, in the rest of the movement, it's not exactly the same movement of the handstand push-up. And this is very important to understand. The pike push-up is not the best assistance exercise for that, but it can be used for this one single thing. Like a shoulder stand can be used to make a person understand where to position in the lowest position of the, of the handstand push-up. And um, this, this is very important. 
to 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 go into that and to understand okay what, what do i want to fix what's the technical issue and what might be a good approach for that person to tackle that and this this can be anything i think i mean like i just i just talked to dennis about about pull-ups and he likes to to put it in um like first activating the scapula and then doing the pull-up for people yeah. who may have um, issues activating the scapula in the right way and i said you know i, I did the same and I went away from that because I like to make people understand how to do that in one motion. And none of the ways is wrong. Both are right. Because for me, I, I'm, I'm now the person who says, okay, it may make sense to make the people understand the movement on the lat pull down, on the lat pull, yeah, on a machine. Um, May make sense to make people understand it here a little bit better, but on the other hand, that's not not uh, something that everybody has the the option to to do because a lot of people don't have access to machines when they do calisthenics. You know, so it always depends on the circumstances what you what you are doing and what you what you yeah in the end choose for the right person in the right time and all that stuff. But it's a very one here uh, it's important to like note like these are all almost like speculations and trial and error experimentations you know it's not like we have data that this works and this exclusively doesn't so as you said before a lot of experimentation and seeing okay this for this person is working and you've made the experience that pulling the shoulder blades down doesn't work in your case then it's is um, on the other side of things and that's perfectly fine you know both of you have different approaches, what's important in the bigger picture is that your clients kind of come at that end point where they want to go, you know, and achieve their goals. Exactly. It's, it's mostly about the outcome for that individual person. I mean, if that works well for that person, that's perfect. If it doesn't work, you, you have no other choice than to, to, to try something else. Course, yeah. there's, there's no other choice. So if we, if we have a technical issue, then we have to know, okay, what can we do to tackle that? Um, sometimes it's the issue of, of just missing or lacking muscle mass. And actually, that, that's something I see a lot. I see that a lot with calisthenics athletes, which are just too skinny. And that's super interesting. Um, you, you, don't, you don't see that too much with, with others, um, other um, like, like strength sport styles as everybody else understood that more muscle mass moves more, more, more mass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have more potential to actually be strong when you have more mass that can bring the, 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 the force, the energy into, into the movement, you know, and um, this is super interesting that this is actually a, uh, an issue that is very, very common. Yeah, I think with that is, um, I think a lot of people are just worried that the impact that the increased body weight might have on their lifts. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're in the weighted calisthenics realm, like I, I probably wouldn't worry at all about the body weight because all of that extra muscle mass is just going to just as you said, help you have more potential and lifts. 
Um, if you are someone who is focusing predominantly on skills, I mean, if you gain muscle mass in regions that you need muscle mass in, say you, you gain mass in your back, it's going to aid your front lever. It's not like it's going to make your front lever so much harder that you're not going to be able to perform it. You might actually just positively benefit from it and um, just have a stronger front lever in the end. Yeah. And this is, again, choosing the right, right assistance exercises for getting that the issue done is, is exactly the way that we need to have here. Um, going from there, um, we need to ask the next questions um, because now that we know what the issue is and most of the time it's not just one issue, it's very common that uh, there is just, just one, two, three, several issues. We need to ask, okay, but what do we need to improve first? What, what's the most important right now? And um, in most cases, there comes in something that you already mentioned in the beginning. In most cases, the first thing that we have to look for is the health issues. Because it, it, if you are injured, you can't train. <laughs> that's that's going to be a difficult time. <laughs> so the, yeah. the most important part for performance is always the health. Because when you're not healthy, you can't train. And when you can't train, you can't get stronger. That's it. If your sure. car is broken, you can't drive the car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, prioritizing things is uh, such an important aspect of all of this, not only with assistance exercise, but with training in general. And uh, like, if you, if you don't think, don't think long-term and don't plan ahead, you just, you just won't be able to progress in this. You know, you won't stay in the game for long. If you have low back pain and you still force yourself to do all the exercises that strain it and that don't help you out with it uh, because of other reasons like hypertrophy or performance increases, then you're probably not getting ahead with that. You know, so prioritize, see what, what's up with your situation. If everything is right with health, then push the performance and the, and the hypertrophy aspect of things. Super. The next thing that we need to ask here is, uh, can we actually combine things? As we know, the health comes first, but sometimes we can actually just combine it with something else. And um, this, this might be something like, do, 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 do I lack stability in the dips? Um, which is most, most of the time just caused by by not so stable shoulder girdle. Um, if, if I have to get stronger at that, maybe there's a solution how I can actually do that while getting stronger and training for a little bit more strength. Um, and then, then the ring dip might be a good solution. It can be because you have to stabilize the shoulder girdle and the rotator cuff has to work a lot. And at the same time, you can get stronger by doing so, by doing actually dips. So it, it might be that we can combine both and get stronger. <laughs> yeah, these, these things go hand in hand. It's not like you can isolate one facet and say like, oh, now I'm going to do a lat pull downs for health, you know, or now I'm going to do a lat pull downs for performance. Sure, in some cases, you can maybe make some little differentiation there and alter the assistance exercise itself. But 
mostly all of this plays together. You know, you can use something like a lat pull down to tackle both the technique aspect of things and have better positioning in the pull up itself once you try and do it later on. And also just gather more volume and have a nice hypertrophy effect by doing a lat pull down. So this is just another plain example of how these things kind of combine and play, play together. Absolutely. And of course, you can also combine some, some stuff. Maybe you have a health issue um, with your lower back on the squats. And um, now we do some front squats to improve your squatting technique, to make your quads stronger so that you actually don't shift everything on the posterior chain. So the back doesn't have to work too much during the next back squats. And um, at the same time, we probably gonna, gonna make you understand how to position the hips a little bit better so that you don't depend completely on your posterior chain so that the, um, the back doesn't have to take all the work. So in that case, we combined a lot of things with one exercise. And then it definitely has a reason to be in the program as an assistance exercise. This is super. Um, you, you, can, you can easily implement stuff like that. And same thing for maybe um, talking about skills. Um, there can be some, some stuff like, let's say we have a shoulder um, issue and we need to work on that. And maybe there might be another bigger exercise that can help you with all that stuff. So for, for, for most people, they have some, some issues with maybe the, the planche. What can be a very good exercise to improve that? It, it can be pretty much everything at that point, but there might be um, an exercise like like the, the handstand, um, um, how, how do I say that? It's, it's in German, it's the Schweizer. Um, the Stalder press. The, the Stalder press. Maybe you have issues on, on learning or leaning into it, and the Stalder press is not so much leaning into it, but you can get stronger by it, and it doesn't hurt. That's an also a very important one. But you see, that's a handstand exercise that can make you profit from that into the planche. It might not be the completely very specific thing, but it is definitely something that can strengthen you at that point and so on. It might be a good solution for a certain circumstance. So that, that's very important to, to uh, keep in mind here. Um, what is also very important that comes up afterwards is how do you know how do the things interfere with each other? As when you, when you when you have assistance exercises, you especially when it comes to strength, you have to watch out that the assistance exercise does not interfere too much with the main lift, and this depends very very much on where you are. In, in your periodization. 
as when you are in a, in a hypertrophy cycle right now, it's completely okay to kill yourself in, in, in the assistance exercises as well. But when you are in a strength cycle right now, where you look a little bit more for um, getting, getting better at the main lift, you probably don't kill yourself in the, uh, in the assistance exercise. It would not make sense to kill yourself in the front squat when the goal is to get better at the back squat, because that would definitely interfere with each other. <laughs> With me, it's been, um, I, I've been in both extremes, extremes like in the past, I used to just slack on my assistance work and almost just go through the motions and uh, not have so much intensity within a set of assistance exercises. Like uh, each set would be RP5, for example. And of course you can't expect to have any effect on your main work and any carryover to your main work because you're not providing a stimulus and you're not causing the body to you know, create adaptations and uh, just change. And on the other hand, I've, I I went into the other extreme and I, I just pushed myself on every set of assistance work, almost like RP10 every set. And what happens then is exactly this interfering of assistance work with the main work, no matter what exercise, if you just do too much on that, uh, you're probably going to suffer the consequences of it, you know? So I think it's really important to note, like you want to try and find a nice and fine line in intensity between um, assistance and main work. And uh, you obviously don't want to overdo it because uh, just the sheer intensity, no matter the exercise, could potentially have a negative effect on the main work, you know, um, together, of course, with exercise selection. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's extremely important to know what exercise actually interferes a lot. And yeah. from there on, I would say if you, if you go really, really, really hard on the, the front squats, it's probably going to interfere more into, into your general fatigue than maybe Bulgarian split squat, even though you can mm, do the same quad development with the, with the Bulgarian split squat. And um, maybe not, it's not the same technical thing. Of course not. It's pretty different. <laughs> But um, so that there you see, it depends a little bit on how you choose the exercise, for what reason, and how hard you go on that stuff. So with the Bulgarian split squat, you probably can go harder. And also here, we have to, to look for some stuff that I saw a lot of times with people who have no access to machines. When you go too hard on exercises like the Bulgarian split squats, including a barbell on your back, that can make a big, big difference um, in, in, your, in your fatigue management when you switch up things here to, uh, to, to dumbbells. And I think you know that, <laughs> I know that. Um, uh, yeah, it's a completely different story then. So this is something we have to keep in mind here. Um, as when you have a barbell on your back, you just have to stabilize the core a lot more. And I think you, 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 you know that from experience, don't you? Yeah, like the balance aspect of things when you have a barbell on, on your back, it's just going to challenge you in a completely different way than having two dumbbells at your side, you know? So yeah, a, a fine detail, but an important one. Absolutely. And um, an interesting part here is also maybe 
you have like a lot of upper body exercises um, and you have to watch out to do not accumulate too much in general fatigue for the central nervous system, then there might be the back to wall handstand push-up, the better solution to get to, to, to get more volume in for, for your handstand push-up work than the OHP, as the OHP has more load on your spine, usually. And you might um, have to think of this plus on your general fatigue and um, you have to think of that too. So it's important to, to know what exercises do fatigue you and do fatigue maybe some other structures and um, how, do, how do we choose that? So that's some stuff we always have to con consider when it comes to that um, as well. Yeah, I, I think like uh, it's quite often the case that we tend to overlook things when we choose exercises and tend to forget there are other things in the program as well. Like if you pick the overhead press as an assistance exercise for the pants and push-up, you have to consider the effect that that's going to have on your lower body work, even though it might not seem, you know, like these two are connected in any way because you're practicing a completely different muscle group with some, something like a squat it still might be the case that that extra fatigue, just as you noted, in the posterior chain, because the chain has to work a lot harder there, is going to have an interfering effect with your lower body work. So you have to really check out the big picture of things as well, your program as a whole, and see, okay, this and this might be connected, and let me try and find a better solution for it so that I avoid the negative consequences, the positive, positive, possible negative consequences of it. Yeah? Absolutely. So that's, that's very important here. Um, now that we know um, about all that stuff, how, how will that interfere with the, with the performance in the main lifts? Um, how, how much fatigue will be caused from that? Um, we also know, okay, this exercise will improve this and that. Um, we now have to see, okay, what, what's, what's to the individual person? Now we come to something that we already slightly talked about, um, but we have to consider, okay, how much volume do we need for the single person and how much intensity? And then here comes in this stuff with the, with the barbell or dumbbell on the, on the Bulgarian split squat. Or um, we know, okay, we have to press overhead. What might be the best option now to press overhead to get better at the handstand uh, push-ups? Um, same thing for maybe like some planche work. Now we have to think of, okay, um, do I really, is, is the person able to tolerate so much stress on the shoulder girdle or can I work maybe some, some straight arm strength work with dumbbells um, to, to make that weak link better for that person? So then now we have to think of that because when you do a lot of like planche work, it might not be the best idea to do some more planche leans if the person can't tolerate it, but maybe it might be a good idea to bring in some, some uh, how the fuck do we call it? I forgot the complete, uh, I forgot the exercise name. When you lay on the bank and bring up the arm, these... 
Zanetti Press. Is it that? I think no. so. Van Gelder Press? I think so. Van Something Gelder. like that. <laughs> I always... These really are. have 3,000 really names. Yeah. But I think everybody knows that when you lay on a bank, have a dumbbell in your hand, keep the arm straight and just raise the arm, you know? That's, that's the thing where we have to think of. Maybe that's a better exercise for the person having less impact on the shoulder girdle, but definitely working on the, on the straight arm strength. And um, sometimes it's, it's that that we have to consider too, you know? Yeah, I think also like uh, together with that, what's really important is to know the phase that you're currently in with your training and what is your primary goal with main work. Like if you are more in the hypertrophy rep realm on the main work, you probably don't need so much volume on the assistance exercises and you may kind of take away that. And then in the other case, if you are focusing more on the strength, you might ramp up the volume on assistance work just to kind of compensate for the lack of it uh, when it comes to the main work. But also like a different scenario, let's say you are close to a competition and you have really high intensities on the main lifts, you obviously don't want to push the assistance work too much as well because uh, having too much intensity there together with too much volume might negatively impact your competition preparation, you know? But if you're far away from a competition, you can definitely push both the intensity and the volume and assistance exercises. So you kind of see how, you know, different scenarios, different phases in your training can have a different effect on how much you choose to do. Um, and it's definitely worthwhile considering that because um, you then know how to plan and what to expect from your training itself. Absolutely. So coming from there, um, now we understood that all of this integration is pretty much what's tolerable for the individual, pers individual person in the personal circumstances as um, it, it depends on the pace. And the other thing is um, it also depends on, and on, 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 the, on the sleep, the calorie intake and um, how, much, how much stress the person has overall in life. Because here we have to really watch out how much we give to the person um, in terms of volume and intensity in the, in, in, in the um, assistance exercise as well. As um, we, we all know, okay, we do the main lift. That might be anything like, I don't care if it's a, a classic strength exercise or a skill. Um, and then we put up the uh, assistance exercises here. We, we, we just have to consider if you if you if you if you just put too much here while the person has so much stress sleeps shitty and has a, a bad um diet we're gonna get in trouble here and that's very important to 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 keep that as well in mind you know so please please never forget that so in the end you see, there's a lot of questions that we have to ask ourselves when it comes to, to the assistance exercises. And um, this is why we always um, make sure that we know a lot about our clients and um, the, the people that we work with, that they tell us a lot about, okay, how's life? How do, how do I feel? How do I recover and all that stuff? Because from there, we can work on that. And we, we have to keep in mind that this is a constant change because 
I think Arado just just saw that with me while while writing my my program that it's a real big change. How do I recover on on a certain week, depending on how much stress I have from work during that week? I think you see that a lot with me, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And also, like interestingly enough, like. I, I, after three blocks, I saw the pattern that you kind of perform the best towards the end of the week, you know, um, and that's why I also kind of put more intense exercises, both in the main work and assistance work as well, uh, because you tend to push yourself more there. And uh, this aspect was really important. And we can use that as an advantage and actually push the work there. Uh, so it's a, a lot of experimentation, a lot of trial and error. And the longer you are with someone, working with someone, the better the chances are that you are going to recognize these patterns and what works and what does not work. This is, this is why we can't tell you this is the best assistance exercise. This is the best intensity. This is the best volume. This is the best how you, how you actually perform a certain assistance exercise because we can't tell you that after a while that we worked with you because it just takes some time to get to know the single person to, to really bring in the perfect um, assistance exercise for that person. And for that, we also have to say, it's just in that moment, the best exercise for that person maybe, but it will not always be the best exercise because circumstances change. When you get stronger, when you get really, really strong, for some people, it might be that they don't do any wall handstand push-ups anymore once they get strong enough and good enough to perform like weighted handstand push-ups. When I look into what, what Pizzi is doing, he's doing like, I think now doubles on with plus 25 kg on, on the handstand push-up. That guy can do assistance exercises for the handstand push-up, like freestanding handstand push-ups, classic, just normal ones, as an assistance exercise, course, which, yeah. which another person will not be able to because he's not on that point in the journey. So it is also, this is the last thing I have to say, I think, it's very, very individual where you're at on your on your personal journey that we have to consider that and to bring in the right exercise for the right time on your journey because it makes absolutely no sense to bring in a type of progression that is too easy or too hard for you. We need to find the right amount of, of stimulus for the right time you know and this is this is a very very important one which is you know the solution for that is a lot of of uh, experience of course and the solution is a very good communication and a very good reflection of yourself during blocks days weeks and then communicate it in the right way to your coach so that the coach who has hopefully a lot of experience um, can um, actually implement the right things now that he has more information about you. And um, this is actually what we 
can offer to you. If you want that kind of help, you can easily contact us on Strength and Skills in the Instagram and just hit us up for that. Um, and we can definitely help you with that. I think the experience is here. <laughs> um, as, you, as you probably know now that you, you listen to some of our episodes on the podcast. Um, but in the end, if you have any more questions about it, please let us know. Put it into the comments on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube. And if not, just shoot us a message to Strength and Skills Podcast. would be amazing to, to get to know more about your questions about this topic. As We love to help you. Um, we try to help you as much as we can. And um, if, you, if you have questions, please feel free to shoot the questions over so that um, we can just collect all the questions and maybe bring up another episode about that and just answering the questions would be amazing. And um, do you have any more last words, Rado? Um, maybe I would like to bring up just this fun aspect of things and having fun whilst doing assistance exercises could be potentially a big, big factor in how, how someone responding to an exercise, you know? Like a lot of times I like to ask people after a block, how did you feel doing this? How did you feel doing that? Did this work? Did this didn't work? Do you enjoy this exercise or not? And just this enjoy enjoyment factor, even though it might not seem as the best exercise for that specific situation, might actually, because of the placebo effect being so huge, aid the person and actually help them out a lot when they come back to me. So really important notes, you know, have fun while doing assistance work. Yeah, this is so Thank you for, for just really mentioning that because as, as you probably realize, Rado loves to talk about Bulgarian split squats and this is for a reason. He just loves them. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I, I still don't get why, but he loves them. And so th this is what I did over the, the last few years. I always implemented Bulgarian split squats. I can't really, I can't remember a single block where he didn't do them because he just likes to do them. And we just did the variation of them just, just to hit certain things, but I know he likes them. So I implement them and tell him, okay, a little bit more of the knee traveling forward, a little bit of of um, hiring up the, the, the foot that is in front, maybe, maybe with a pause. So, well, so many things to do with that single exercise so just 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 bring in the fun i'm, I'm absolutely down for that <laughs> like my program doesn't have bulgarian split squats i would question it i would question <laughs> i think we have to make up a meme with that yeah we need we need like that all right <laughs> thank you guys for listening i think Rado is just running out of time you have like six more minutes <laughs> i i really i really want you to to be on point with your with your schedule so thank you everybody for listening if you like the episode please feel free to share this one with the people that need uh this kind of of uh education and um Thank, thank you for listening and always, always share it on your social media. And please make sure to also tag us so we can reshare and um, see that, that you guys love us. Thank you so much. And have an amazing week of training. <laughs>